Hi, everyone. Today we have a very special guest, uh, Dr. Robert Vela. He's president of a college, and we are going to hear from him how he got to be where he is at now. Thank you so much, Dr. Vela, for being with us. Thank you, Dr. Adam. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for the invitation. Amazing. So share with us, uh, Dr. Vela, who is Robert Vela? Where does Robert Vela come from? Well, I grew up in a little a little uh, town called Alice, Texas, just south of San Antonio. It's about two hours from San, uh, south of San Antonio. And uh, grew up in a little ranchito, a little, com a little community there. Um, for the most part, that town is made up of uh, a lot of oil field work. So I grew up in the middle of this town that's just uh, full of oil fields. And, and that's what people do when they graduate. If they graduate, if not, they can go straight into the oil field and start working in the oil field. So for me, you know, my, that's, that's what my dad did. My dad was in the oil field uh, to this day. And, um, and he's still hauling caliche around, you know, because he loves what he does. And, uh, but, you know, for me, I, I, right after high school, I, um, I went to work in the oil field thinking that that's what I was going to do as well. And uh, I spent about almost two years there right out of high school. And I remember very vividly in South Texas, there's a lot of uh, ranchos that are just uh, ranches that are just big and mm -hmm. you can be in the middle of nowhere and, and not have anything in sight. I broke down. I was out there alone and I kept, I, I just, it just, it, it dawned on me. I said, am I going to be doing this for the rest of my life? Is this, is, is this what it's going to come down to? Right. And nothing against the oil field. I just said, I want to do something more. And let me tell you, I got right back into school. I went to Texas A&M University, Kingsville, and I never stopped. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt you. So right after high school, you went to work. So no college in between. Well, well let me, let me, I left out a little piece there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so right after uh, graduation from high school, I went to the university mm -hmm. and, and I didn't do well. I, my first semester, I didn't do very well because I wasn't uh, focused. Okay. I followed my friends. I didn't really think that I, I didn't know what higher education was being first generation. I just, I just followed my friends mm -hmm. and I didn't do well. So they, I remember getting a letter in the mail that said, if, if you don't do well this next semester, we are going to kick you out of school. And I said, surely they won't kick me out of school. Uh, I, I mean, again, I did not know. Right. Mm -hmm. So I did not do well my second semester and guess what letter came after that? Uh, it was an enforced, I still remember it, you, you are now an enforced withdrawal, which means that you, you cannot come back to this school uh, until you sit out, you know, a year or whatever that was. Really? So yes. this is the Dr. Robert Vela. Yes, that's exactly what happened. To wow. And, and it's simply because I wasn't focused. I wasn't going to school. I had a lot of freedom. I was just, just not, not focused. Mm -hmm. So I went back home and I was embarrassed. Right. Because um, in high school, I played football and everything is football in Alice uh, and, in, and in Texas. Right. So and I was, a, a, you know, I played football, very successful in football. But when you're in football in a small community and you and you do really well and you win, they treat you differently. They get they, they cater to you. You can get away with a lot of things. And they just so that that's kind of what I grew up with because I had I was always an athlete. Right. So. I was very embarrassed to go back to my parents and tell them that I've got kicked out of school. And my dad said, well, there's only one thing left. And I said, what's that? 
And he said, you're going to go work in the oil field. You're going to go back in and you're going to start working. You, you can't just not sit around and do anything. Right. Mm -hmm. So I spent almost two years there and I, I quickly said, this is not what I want to do. So I got right back into school. I had already set out my one year term actually was longer than one year and came back. This was like probation. It was probation because I'm an enforced withdrawal. And then you come back and they put you on probation because they want to see if you're going to do well. So they watch you really close. Uh, and, and I just, I just excelled, you know, I, I was serious about my school. Uh, I, I, I began to love, uh, learning. Uh, I got that energy in me to, to, to learn. And I tell you, I, I, I graduated, um, and, uh, continue to pursue my master's and then my doctoral degree. But, but one of the things that also as a, as a young a uh, Latino male that, that I also struggled with because going to the oil field is the machismo thing to do, right? That's, that is really a machismo thing to do. And, and I always struggled because my grandmother pretty much raised me because my dad was in the oil field, always working a lot of hours. Uh, my, mo my mother was a, a certified nurse assistant, a CNA, and uh, she, um, you know, she had a lot of shift work. And I, I, I mean, my grandmother was the one that pr practically raised me. Mm -hmm. And she taught me how to love. She taught me how to, to be a good person early. I mean, I learned how to read uh, the Bible in Spanish early, you know, I mean, that's, that's how of a, of a, of an influence she was. Uh, so when I got to school, I quickly realized that young Latino boys uh, those aren't really good skills to have um, in, in, in school, uh, love and patience and, and understanding. And yeah, they, it didn't, it didn't work uh, really well. So I had to shift. Right. And I thought, and, and because I shifted, I've got into this kind of machismo kind of mentality, even though that's not who I was. So I often hear, I, uh, we have uh, a men of color um, initiative here at the college and I have presented to them, uh, and, the, and the presentation is called uh, Redefining Machismo, because, you know, for, for, for a lot of us, that's not, that's not something good, you know, necessarily. And so for me, I had to re-look re at what that was for me and find my way again. And I found that through college and, and understanding what my new career would be and really get really became focused and utilized a lot of those skills that my grandmother taught me uh, and really to become a better father, to become a better um, husband, to become a better president, you know, uh, those skills have really helped me. Um, so I would tell these young men, I said, look, I know each of you are asking and saying, you know, I don't have a father figure. Um, and, and I think I'm kind of, you know, uh, that's probably why I am or why, why I do what I do. And I often tell them, I said, well, don't, I said, don't worry too much about that because it wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't learn to be, a, I didn't, my grandmother taught me how to be a good man. Now it's nothing against my dad, right? Cause my dad was providing, he was working. I mean, when I was young, I didn't know. I, I didn't know. I was like, why doesn't my dad come to my football games or you know, those kinds of things. He was providing uh, oil field work is 24 seven, right? So um, he was always gone. And to this day, I, I look at him with a lot of admiration, because he was sacrificing, uh, enjoying his children uh, to, to provide, to provide.
to wow. provide. So that that taught me too, right? The the the, the value and meaning of being a, a, a hard work ethic and and you know for my family and for and for my college and those kinds of things. So yeah, but I didn't see it at the time. I, I didn't I didn't know it at the time. I was very very angry. I was very very you know very critical. And hmm. um, I guess now as a father of three daughters, I know exactly what that feels like. Wow! Thank you for sharing that. Let me backtrack, and I'm yeah. gonna ask you. So what, is, what was the difference between Robert Vela right out of high school uh, that went into college versus a Robert Vela that had been working two years? I mean, you said that you had the ganas, right? You were there. You, you went and you did. But for those listening, what's the difference between the first Robert Vela and the second Robert Vela? I think it's always been, it, I've always been the same Robert Vela, but mm-hmm. I was trying to be somebody that I'm not, right? I was trying to live up to this pressure of be of what a what a man a Latino male in in the South Texas area what does that look like who who what is that probably the, the stereotype that you said earlier that you mentioned it with your friends is that it's my friends right uh, and and I go back home uh, to visit my my family and they're they're still in the same kind of uh, situation right they work hard but they work hard to, to to simply barbecue and drink beer and, mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. I said, that's what you want, but I don't, I didn't want that. I think my grandmother instilled in me, she said, Mijito, you're special. There's something special about you. Right. And I truly believe that for every kid, there's something special. It's, but, but are they, are, are you surrounded by people that love you that, that feed that, right. Yeah. That, that, yes. That, that, do, do they t- so even though her perception of me may have been a little biased because she's my grandmother, mm-hmm. I begin to believe that. I begin to believe that maybe I do have something and maybe I need to go find out what that is. And if I don't give myself a shot, I may not know what that is. It, it, it sparked a curiosity in me because I believe my grandmother. I, I mean, it was like for when, my, when my grandmother said something, I believed it. Well, thank you. That's amazing. That's amazing because she put that seed, right? She planted that seed. You're amazing. And then here you are doing amazing things. What would you tell to those listening that don't have that amazing grandmother, that positive influence that are constantly feeding positive things? As Hispanics, we tend to say, I got that too. I got that too. I did get that too. Yeah. But, But you had the other side. I did. So what would you tell those people? I mean, because to me, that's a big blessing, you know, having yes. a grandma that's feeding you or even just having that positive. But if those people listen, say, you know, no, pues es que él tenía la abuelita, right? But what can you tell those people that are not blessed to have that positive? So what, yeah. And that's why that's why I'm in this role now at a college, right? Uh, serving some of the most uh, economically disadvantaged uh, communities in our city. because my mission is, is, is to be an educator, right? And I want, I, I want them to know I was blessed to have someone that instilled that in me. I, I believe me, it's a blessing, but there are also, there are also young talented individuals in our community that may not have that reinforcement or may not have someone affirming how special they are. And I want to tell you, you do have something special in you. We all do. 
And what, what breaks my heart is that, you know, there are so many talented students in our community that they don't even know what they don't know. They don't even know how special they are, right? So what I would tell you is that I am so, we are so blessed to have schools, uh, whether that is your elementary, middle school, high school, your community college, there are educators out there with an educator heart that they that it's a, it's their mission to connect with you in that way. So find a way to allow yourself to connect with an educator that truly does care about you. You know, they, they that's why we're a lot of us are in this field. And I and I do realize that I, just like any profession, there aren't there could be some bad ones out there. You don't need to you don't need to surround yourself around that. But I guarantee you, when you find the right people and surround yourself with the right advisor, with the right teacher, with the right mentor, with the right tutor, it, it will it will propel you to do big things because right. you have it in you. You have it in you. You you just need someone to cultivate it. And then you begin to believe in yourself. And when you begin to believe in yourself is when the magic starts to happen. Thank you. Thank you for those words. And I know this is the whole purpose of this podcast. I mean, you heard, you say something about how it you feel it in your heart. And I mean, it breaks my heart too. We share that. That is like, it hurts. It does. You know, when students or people tell me, I'm like, oh, you're going to do an associate's kisses on me. I know. Are you, or they finish an associate. Are you going to want to do a bachelor's? And What's, they have no idea what that is. It's like, oh, geez. So I think... Uh, Thank you. Thank you for the great job that you're doing. And I think uh, we want, we're going to hear about the amazing things that you're doing there. But that's just amazing how this kid from Alice, Texas, to a lot of us, it's just, we probably don't even stop there, right? We just go past, if anything, is that where Whataburg is at? I was going to say, I, I thought maybe you don't know the story, but I think you do. Uh, Alice is where you stop and pick up a Whataburger on the way to the valley, on the way to McAllen, right? Yes. So, yes, yes. Or, or Edinburgh or Harlingen. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's just, hey, are we going to stop a Whataburger? That's it. That's it. That's it. Wow. That's so it. so I, I want to hear more of uh, how this kid from Alice, how he got to do these amazing things. Now, you mentioned, I guess, the bad influence, maybe the, the, the bad company. Maybe yeah. not so much that they were so bad, but then you wanted to be like them, you know, to right. fit in. Right. Like that. So That's exactly right. Wow. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. You also mentioned that you had that anger in you more like I had a dad, but the dad was not around. Yeah. You know, I had, it was, yeah, I'm doing amazing in football, but yet he is not here. What can you say in that sense to, to especially the men? Because, uh, and thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing because just in an interview that I was doing the other day, men don't share. No. And I think it's great that we hear from, the doctor Robert Vela that hey it's okay for men to, to feel love it's okay to, for men to do feelings yeah. it's okay to, to share that hey I, I'm not gonna fall into that oh I'm, I'm a Hispanic and I need to do a macho be a macho no I thank you for sharing that so so share a bit of I guess what that was that yeah you had a dad but the dad was not around type of thing yeah, I mean, you when when you were asking and framing that question so beautifully, I I began to reflect a little bit, and it made me, you know, a little a little. I still carry a lot of guilt, not just the way I treated my parents or or the way I treated even some amazing people at school that were really kind-hearted, but I was so in this other role. 
I remember very vividly, um, you know, my grand, my, when I would miss the bus, maybe sometimes, uh, my mom would take me to school and I didn't want her to drop me off in the front because our car was in bad shape. So I would ask her to drop me off like a block away and then I would walk and she would say, why? And I say, cause I just, I just want to walk. And, and it breaks my heart that, so it, it breaks my heart that I, even though I know I was a kid, but I do carry that guilt of how I was embarrassed, um, you know, about my mom or my dad or whatever. And, and I see them now, you know, in their mid seventies and it breaks my heart because I know how hard they tried. And it's hard when you're the first um, and trying to break that cycle and they don't know how to help you. They, they don't know how to help. And so I, I have a lot of guilt. And you mentioned that earlier. You know, they don't know what they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. But, but I want the message is the message is, is that that upbringing, if, if you can find a way to embrace it and try to find meaning it does bring a lot of value and it does bring a lot of self-worth to you. But, but we often are fed a lot of lies and a lot of stuff that, that makes us ashamed mm -hmm. of that upbringing. So when you're constantly told, you know, these things, you, you, begin, you, begin, you begin to resent, you're ashamed, you're embarrassed. So you think there's no value to your upbringing because you didn't have money or you didn't have this or you didn't have that. And then you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not worthy or I'm not that talented. That's not what talent is. That's not what, that's not what it's, it's the power of your mind and your heart, right. That really will propel you to do amazing things. So, and that's wisdom. And I know with wisdom comes, you know, education and experience, and it takes time to mature, but the quicker we can get our our students to understand that the quicker they're going to get on their journey to do something special, you know, and I think that's what an education does and should do to, 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 to young kids. Cause when they figure it out, they thrive, they, they thrive because it's no longer about them. It's about me. It's in about my family. It's about who I am and they're comfortable in their own skin. And they're like, this is what made me who I am. And I'm proud of my mom and I'm proud of my, my grandmother or whatever. That's the place where we all need to be because it does matter. And it, we all have blessings around us, but we begin to judge them that they're less important because they don't meet whatever society says is a standard that, should, that, that you should have. That's so, every journey is different. Every journey is different, yeah. but find your self-worth and your value and go do something about it. Be the first in your family to set that bar so high, right? I truly Thank believe you. that. Thank you. I'm yeah. listening to you. I'm an all here. I'm all here teary-eyed because I'm a mom, right? Ah, uh, yes. I'm a, mom. I'm a daughter. You know, my parents, yes. same thing, you know, third grade, fourth grade education. And they gave us as much as they could. Yes. Right. They gave us, they did. I walked, I walked to elementary. We walked to junior high. We even walked to the high school because yes. it was, I mean, my pastor back then, they would uh, give us a ride sometimes to, to school, but it, it's sad that um, 
like you say, you know, that you still feel that that guilt, but I, I'm, I'm sure that they know, your parents know that you love them and they yes. know that the amazing things you're doing now, but mm. I, I couldn't help to, to do that. But thank you. Thank you for sharing that because it's something that I think as Hispanics, a lot of us share. I mean, I, I'm listening to you, a lot of similar situations, a lot of the wanting to fit in, right? A lot of the um, things that oh, well, everybody's getting a car for their high school graduation. Everybody's doing this, everybody's doing that. And, oh, here we are with maybe one AC unit in the house. That's right. That's exactly right. Wow. And that was a blessing, right? I mean, for me to have an AC unit, because I remember growing up with no AC, you know? So, mm -hmm. uh, but even when my parents would work hard or someone that was raising you to get you that, it wasn't enough. If you were still like, I'm like, gosh, why, you know, but we're, we're young mm -hmm. and, and we have a lot of peer pressure, but uh, at the end of the day, I know that's what students are going through. Cause, cause you, you know, you and I are speaking about same similar experiences and, and we really, and at that time, I really thought that this was like, well, this is it, right? I mean, there's not much more after this. We just, if you allow it, to just be just that it'll it, no one will break that cycle right no one will uh, yeah so you need to I tell I tell the students I said someone needs to hit the home run right I said if you hit the home run for your family I said you begin to you elevate yourself and then you elevate your family because your family will follow Set the example that the example and then generations will follow. That's how you start breaking the cycle, right? I mean, you start setting the bar and it, and it may take several generations mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. elevate your entire family, but your whole family will be elevated. Thank you. So what helped you persist? I mean, cause our experiences shape us, right? right. But I said you struggled before and then you, you went, was it just here it is and the light bulb turner or what helped you from you said you went, did a college, you did amazing, then you did a master's and a doctorate. What helped you through those years? I think I, I, well, there was a lot of faith, right? Because I didn't know at that time whether or not all this investment I was making mm. was going to pay off, right? Mm. So I did have a lot of faith in, I guess, in the fact that if I work hard, I learn mm. and I put everything I can into it it will bring blessings to me some way, somehow. I didn't know how, I didn't know what that was, but I did trust and have faith in education. And because I had that, it, it won't fail you. I am convinced that education will not fail. You, it's what you do with it and what you make of it, right? But it opened up my mind uh, for possibilities that, that I didn't think I had. Mm -hmm. This kid from Alice, Texas. Kid from Alice, Texas, who had goats running around and loved to pick the, I love to get the eggs from the chickens and the, I mean, that was, that was, I love that, you know. Wow. And, and, and I keep saying Alice, Texas, because this town, honestly, we say it's just a drive by, you drive by, right? But that's right. How is, how big is the population? Do you know? It's probably about at the time, 21,000. It's probably like 16,000 right now people. Because yeah. we have people like, listening from, uh, even I saw the statistics of the podcast the other day and I saw people from even 
the Middle East. I don't know who's listening. Oh, wow. Right? That's great. But it's like, you know what? This kid from this little tiny town is now Dr. Robert Vela and is doing amazing things. So now what can you tell us about goal setting? So, so again, did, you, that, did no, you even know about goal setting back then? No. Share that. No, no. So, so I didn't know how to apply it to life, right? I knew because I grew up playing football, I knew how to set goals for myself to be better athletic, you know, as an athlete. Mm -hmm. I knew that because I had, I was, I was taught how to get better in football since sixth grade, right? Uh, in school. Mm -hmm. But what I didn't know is how to transfer that to real life, right? So for me, I quickly, once I had the ganas, like you said, once I had the motivation, I knew I was in it. I began to set, you know, um, a short-term goals, meaning semester by semester. And then of course, the goal to graduate. Now, what I did not plan for was the doctoral degree. I thought that was something that that doctoral degree was like, okay, I just graduated my master's program can I get that doctoral degree? Right. I mean, is that, am I that close? Mm -hmm. And it, it, and it was so close for me that it said, yes, that's possible. You should go for it. Right. So I wasn't planning through a doctoral degree, but my thought was if I set the bar high and if I can do it, then go for it. Right. Because then my family will follow my future at the time, my future kids, my future grandkids, nieces, nephews, Hey, if uncle can do it, if grandpa can do it, if grandma can do it, I can do it, you know, kind of thing. So I said, wow. let me do it. Let me do it. Let me go for it. Right. It took me five years to get my doctoral degree, but I did it right. I did it one step at a time. And um, those goals were, were short-term, they were long-term. And then some of those, some of those goals, as you're, as you're getting success, are even expanded even more so, right? To really stretch yourself. So it's important to set ambitious goals because we underestimate ourselves, right? That's kind of how we're brought up anyway. So make the goal high enough because you're going to surprise yourself. You're going to meet, you're going to make the goal. So make sure that it's high enough to really challenge you because again, you don't know how talented you are until you're in it. Thank you. I know a, a previous invitee that I had here, yes. Dr. Uh, Mejia said, and I, when I heard that, I'm like, man, I wish I would have heard that 20 years ago. Yeah. He said, your goals should scare you. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that just stuck to me since I interviewed him last year. And it's like, wow, I wish I would have heard that years ago. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's similar to what you're saying. Set them high, challenge them high. yourself and Set them high. Thank you. Because you're you're going to you're going to progress and you're going to find yourself. I just reached my goal. Mm -hmm. Wow. Now what? Well, you don't want it to end. Right. Especially if you've got a lot more in the tank. Yeah. Uh, go get it. Go get it. So start off with some, you know, short term, middle and then go for the sky and go for it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Wow. Can you share what is uh, Dr. Robert Vela most proud of? You know, I'm proud of my, my daughters, you know, I'm proud of my family. You know, my, my wife is a, is a ninth grade school counselor who is one of the best counselors. I wish I had her at growing up as a counselor, right? Cause 
she advocates and 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 puts her job on the line for a lot of kids that are written off you know and wow. and i really admire that about her i and my my three daughters i have a 25 year old a 20 year old and an 11 year old and um for a for a young guy that grew up with all boys you know and grew up playing football with all guys it's rough and tough and um my girls have just balanced me so much, you know, to be thoughtful, to be, you know, cognizant of my tone and all these things that, that we take for granted, right? And it's not my fault. It's just that's not how I grew up. But I, I'm so blessed to have three girls that are so strong and so um, bright, and they have such a bright future. And and I'm just proud to be a dad, especially for three girls, because I, and, the, and and here comes the machismo thing, right? All my friends, well, don't you want a boy? You need a boy to carry your name. I said, no, that's not really what's important to me. I said, that really is not important to me. I said, because my girls are going to do something special. They're going to do something great. And, uh, but boy, I get pressure, right? From my own hometown, when I go back and visit, well, well, every man wants a boy. Well, that's probably what you think. So that's almost saying like, well, girls are less than yes. And I'm like, no, they're not. I said, I, I said, no, I said, these girls can run circles around you. So I, I said, so no, I'm very proud of my girl. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. Thank you. And thank you for your, your wife was a counselor. I usually tell people, uh, unfortunately, there's a lot of teachers that are teachers for three reasons. Yeah. And, um, they look at me, it's like, which ones? They don't know to hit June, July, and August. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard that. And, and it, it's sad, but I know a lot of people, when I, I give some workshops and some talks um, in the room, usually one of the questions that I ask is, can you show me with two hands how many good teachers you had? You know, through, And people get one hand down, and, it's, and myself even, I can tell you three good teachers. I mean, from elementary all the way to doctorate. Yes. And it's sad because our kids spend more time at school. Well, That's now right. with this pandemic, right? It's less, but That's more right. time at school than we're that, that with us at home. And yes. we're entrusting them in those people. But a lot of times it's just, it's a, a small percentage of, of teachers and counselors that are doing, um, uh, I guess, that they have the passion. Right. They have the passion to, to really invest time in our kiddos to really teach and, and nurture them, right? And it, not just so much the skills to, to um, you know, to pass that test, the, the state exam, right? But the skills right. of uh, the soft skills, right? The soft That's skills right. that are so much needing. Can you mention something on the soft skills right now? Yeah, I mean, obviously for me, the, the, the thing, and, and that's been the center of my research and, and kind of what I model and practice is what we call emotional intelligence, which are soft skills, right? Is that connection between the heart and the mind, right? And um, it's so important because, you know, for, for me, based on what I've researched and what I've seen, uh, those skills, those soft skills mean more uh, and are more uh, impactful and, and, and more um, important to the success uh, of students and, and people in general. But society tells us that it's these other cognitive analytic skills that are more important. And I understand that's a great, that's a piece of it. But without motivation, without commitment ethic, without you know drive strength, uh, without stress management, with all these things that matter 
those without those skills, um, it's very difficult for you to for us to achieve success, right? So for me, those soft skills, which I call emotional intelligence skills, are the essence and the secret sauce to success. Because at the end of the day, it's the secret sauce, because at the end of the day, the majority of our jobs, just like what you and I are doing right here, it's relational, right? It's all about relationship. It's all about building, uh, uh, having integrity, building trust, these things that, that truly matter. So the good leaders, the great leaders find a way to inspire. They find a way to build trust. They find a way to never let your team down, you know, cause you're so invested in the mission. You're so loyal to your mission. And that's what separates good leaders from, from not right. And so those skills are, are going as you, as you evolve professionally and you continue to hone in and, and really sharpen those skills uh, they get better and better and they propel you to greatness. They really do. I believe that. Thank you. So we need that secret sauce to be and propel us to greatness. Thank you. Yes, I like that. I'm going to steal that secret sauce. Please do. Please do. <laughs> Thank you. And that leads to, to the next question. Share about the importance of being an integral person. Yeah. I mean, for me, it, it boils down to integrity, right? It boils down to having a purpose bigger than yourself. And that's to me is, is, is being kind of outside of yourself. Right. So for me is I want to be centered or I want to be focused on something bigger than me, you know? So that's again, back to setting the the bar high or setting the goal high. Right. Because how do I take on generational poverty in my own backyard at a college? Right. I mean, it's, it's large, it's complex. Uh, but at the same time, it's a challenge that I want to be in. That's, that's that mission purpose driven kind of attitude that, that, that drives a true educator heart. Right. I mean, so I don't want to, I don't want to show up to a job. I want to show up to a sense of purpose. I want to show up, uh, to fulfill a mission, you know, and, and, that that intrinsic reward system is what drives me more than anything else as a leader right is 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 ensuring that your story my story other stories in this community uh they find their way they find their purpose they find their value and are and are fulfilled are fulfilled and then and as a result of being fulfilled you're happy you're happy you know, what's, what's, you know, kind of like, how do I find happiness? Well, you do, you're doing what you love. Mm -hmm. And then you get, you get all the blessings as a result of doing something that you really love to do, right? That, to me, that's the essence of happiness. So it's not like you're, well, this is my work uh, role, and I have a home role. No, it should be all in one, you should, passion. yeah, you walk and you that's your life. If that's your mission, that's you at work. That's you at home. That's who you are. You're always on. Thank you. Yeah. I, I really believe that. And I tried to, I tried to live that. I mean, we're human. We're not, but that is a, uh, something that I aspire to do on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have to self-reflect. You have to ask yourself, you know, at the end of the day, whenever that is, is say, what did I do today to help align myself to that purpose-driven kind of mission? Right. 
And, and then you begin to say, I didn't do this, or I did this, or I didn't do that. So that, so that you can get better the next day, you know? Yeah, we share that to always say, be better than yesterday. Of course. Be better than yesterday. And, and if you don't reflect to know what you have to do to be better, then you can't be better, right? You have to take, you have to kind of understand where you fell better. short. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you. No, what, what can you tell this maybe there are two several kids from that are, might be listening? Uh, maybe from the Alice or other little towns, they're going to be listening to this interview. And can they aspire to be the Dr. Robert Vela one day? I think they can. I think they can do more. I really think. So I, I, I had to, I had to be the first, right? First generation. Um, and, and the expectation is that people, at least in my family or, or need to do more. And I think they can do more. They can do bigger and, and greater things. Because I have now, I, I have been a trailblazer for my family, you know, and, and part of being a dad is to make things so that your, your children or your grandkids can supersede you, right, and can pass you up. And okay. that's, that's what I want. So I'm, I'm telling any, any kid out there that there have been a lot of people that have come before you that have paved the way for you. They really have, even though they don't, they may not have a relationship to you, maybe, maybe because we're all Latinos or in Latinas and we're all, you know, we all look out for each other or whatever. People have paved the way for you some way, somehow use that. There are, there are people that make it that never realize your responsibility to give back, but there are a lot of people that have made it that they have a responsibility and a desire to give back, to make, to, to find uh, yes. something bigger than themselves again, right? Uh, regardless. So I want young people to know that you are special. You do have a purpose. You do have a talent. You have something in you that's going to provide tremendous value in your community or in this country or in this society. Your job is to work hard to go find it and to go cultivate it, and then to go make a difference. And then when you make it, then you start to give, you start to show others and help others and bring others with you. That's right. That's right. And start cooking that secret sauce. Start putting in that secret sauce. And the more and more you have it, the easier and easier it gets. (laughs) So Yeah, yeah. And then giving back, giving back. Again, I think that the whole purpose, again, for this podcast is to to share, you know, share your stories, share people's stories. Let's do it. Robert Vela did it, and now he's the Dr. Robert Vela, who know Aspen Award. And now, can you tell us a bit about that? Well, let me tell you, um, we just uh, a few weeks ago were uh, informed that we are the Aspen winners, which, which means Aspen, the Aspen Institute is the premier organization that assesses uh, community colleges in the country on performance excellence, right? Former President Obama called it the Oscars of community college, right? So every college aspires to say, I am an Aspen winner. Yeah. Uh, we, we won. I mean, here in San Antonio, Texas, Amazing. Uh, a large urban college just north of downtown. And here we are. We won this amazing, not just award, but this, uh, this affirmation that we've been uh, doing great work here. 
and I am just so proud of all the faculty staff that and that have done so so much work to get there. But I'm so proud of this community because I think there are kids and 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 young folks in our community that say, well, maybe success. I have to go somewhere else to go get it. Mm-hmm. It's right here in your backyard. It's right here, and I love that we can do that for our community. Thank you, thank you, and I think uh, you're a great leader, and and that shows. That shows with, I mean, this award and it, it shows with, I hear it in your voice, your passion. I see it. And for those listening out there, if you don't have the uh, pleasure of knowing uh, Dr. Robert Bella, uh, he's amazing. We just heard his story. And I think like you mentioned earlier that set your goals high. I think there's so much more that uh, Dr. Avella is going to do. And hopefully we can hear from those later. And thank you. One last advice, one last before everybody who's going to be listening throughout the world. I have I have a lot going through my head, but you know I want I want I want you guys to think about happiness and joy. You know, we underestimate that, and it's important to align your profession and your calling with that. You know, because this is a long life, and there are young people that are watching you that are looking at what you're doing. And, and you can have both, you, you know, and, and, and I think the more, the deeper you search for that, the more of happiness and joy you find in your life with your own personal life and with your own profession, the much more productive you can be and to give back, to make a difference. You know, I would have never thought from Alice, like you said, from Alice, Texas, I'm a college president that just won the biggest national honor for community college leadership. Mm-hmm. I, you can't imagine that. I can't imagine that as a, as a 10 year old growing up in Alice, Texas, right? There's just, you just, it's just beyond. So yeah, they would have told you one day. What Robert, is that? Yeah. I was going to say, what is that? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. What's a college clueless, clueless. So the beauty, the beauty lies. The beauty is not in the destination. The beauty is in the journey. The journey is where where you learn, where you experience joy, where you experience everything you need to propel you and prepare you for that next chapter, right? And I so value the journey because this Aspen Prize win for SAC was a seven-year journey. Seven-year journey. Yeah. Congratulations. How far far is, is your grandma still around? My grandmother is not around, you know, How she died at 93. How far did she get to see? How far in your journey did she get to she see? She got to see me graduate with my uh, master's degree. Wow. Uh, and she knew I was in a doctoral program when oh. she passed. And she would say, she, I was trying to explain to her what a doctor of education was and not a uh-huh. medical doctor, right? So I expla- <laughs> tried to explain to her. And she said, boss, what are you good for then if you can't prescribe me medication? You know, <laughs> so I was like, hi, grandma. So she was like, uh, I, and her name, and, and I called her Momo, M-O-M-O. Uh-huh. I said, I am Momo. I, I said, it's, I'm not those kinds of doctors, you know, and, uh, but yeah. either way, she was very proud of me, but she wanted one that could prescribe medication to give her some relief. But it's like you say, they don't know what they don't know. I remember my dad, yeah. when I told her, I told my dad, dad, I'm going to go and, uh, be a mechanical engineer. Wow. 
<laughs> you know, so it's yes. like they, they don't know what they don't know. Oh. And then later, I remember saying, I'm going to be a doctor. You, my own kids, like, so we're not going to go to the regular doctor. We're going to see you. you? You're yeah. going to be giving us a shot, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, but uh, hopefully, like you said, we're the trailblazers. We're hopefully, we're, we're, um, yeah doing this for our generations that's right and that right. way they're more encouraged so hopefully i'm the grandma one day that has the the doctor right no doubt but, no doubt no wow. doubt well that's good good for her so she got to see the, the almost dr robert Vella. yeah she 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 saw the journey and she was very very proud and and i i i know she's with me you know i know i feel her i know that she's she's with me this whole way and and I often talk to her and, and, and just think about her. So I know she's with me through this journey. She's trying to get every blessing I know she can to come down. Uh -huh. If she has her way, I'm sure she's trying. So uh, the, the prayers I, of the grandma's right. Powerful, powerful, Dr. Adame. You know that. I mean, those were the most powerful prayers that when I was, uh, when I needed help and she, I'd go to her and she'd pray for me, I knew that I was going to be okay. No doubt. Wow, thank no you. doubt. Yeah. Can you mention a little bit? I know you mentioned earlier, Faith, you mentioned prayer, um, how that prayer rolled in uh, Robert, Dr. Robert Bell. So I want to give you a little story that I like to share because it helps shape who I am today. And some people say, it's, well, that's a little harsh, but I didn't take it harsh. Uh, I remember I was probably about eight years old, nine years old, my, and I, would always, I was always with my grandmother and she was always sewing something, you know, a blanket or... So I, I, my, my, my grandmother was very religious. Right. And, um, she said, Mijito, you, you know, you got to go to heaven. You, you need to do good. You need to be, you need to go to heaven. So I remember, I mean, I remember being eight or nine years old. I'm like, I'm not good all the time. You know, I, I break windows or whatever I was doing <laughs> at eight. I don't know what I was doing, but I wasn't perfect. You know? And I said, God, I think I'm, I think I'm about 85% good. <laughs> I, you know, so I, so this or you're thinking. No, I'm thinking, right? I'm oh, thinking. Okay. So, but I need to ask grandma. I need to ask Momo. I was like, I wonder if you said it and she got the chancla. Well, let me tell you. I said, I said, Momo. <laughs> so I said, I wonder if that's good enough to go to heaven. Is 85% good enough to go to heaven? Oh. So I said, Momo would know because she's very religious. Uh -huh. So I sat down next to her in the bed. She was sewing. So I said, Momo, I need to ask you a question. She said, okay. In Spanish, she was. Uh -huh. I said, if I'm 85% good, Will I go to heaven? You know what she told me? No. She said no. She told me no. Yeah. Jimito, you will not go to heaven. He goes, she said, because if because you need to be at a hundred percent. hundred percent. And in my head, I'm thinking, that's not possible. I'm never gonna get to heaven. <laughs> but it was a consejo, and maybe I was a little too young to understand it. But here's, that's the reflection that I think people need to do and value, the value that people need to find within your own family. To this day, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to engage in something, it's going to be at 100%. It's not going to be one foot in, one foot out. Mm -hmm. if, I'm, if, you, if, if I'm going to be expected to just give 75%, I'm not interested. Wow. I want to go in. If I'm going to do something, it needs to go in. We're going to go all in, you know, yeah. even the Bible says lookworm, right? That's right. 
Yeah, and it ended up going to apply everywhere. You just said it, you know, if your passion's there, you're going to go and excel, That's right. and if it's not there, and it goes for for every relationship, I think, too. It does, even even relationships, like friendships, right? I mean, I, I, I really want authentic relationships that can bring value to both of us, of us, you know what I mean? If not, what's the, what's the, what's the, why, why? It's wasting time for me, you know? So, but I do believe in prayer. I do believe in, in, you know, in, in something, you know, in, in God bigger than us to help us. And, and I know that I'll see my grandmother one day. I do believe that she instilled that in me. And, and I know that we have a, a, a mind, a purpose, and it's our job to go find that and go get it. That's, that's who we need to be. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to put pleasure. you on the spot and I'm going to ask you one last thing. Can you, yeah. you give us an advice right now, but can you give that advice or, or something, summarize something in Spanish for those listening? <laughs> I'm going to keep it simple, simply because Perfect. the only practice Perfect. I had in Spanish was with my grandmother, you know. Okay, that's fine. Um, Again, I, I didn't let him know I was going to ask. No, you. it's okay. It's okay. And I, and I appreciate that so much. Uh, I'm going to say siempre adelante. Siempre adelante. Siempre adelante. Always. We're going to have, you're going to have. And setbacks. that means always forward. Always moving forward. So we're going to have setbacks. You're going to feel like, oh my gosh, I took two steps back. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because the, because in your mind, always moving forward, siempre adelante, always moving, always finding a way to propel yourself forward. We're going to have setbacks. We're going to step back a little bit here and there, right? Life gets in the way sometimes, but your mind, your, your mindset needs to be always moving forward. Thank you. Thank My you. pleasure. Thank you for putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your time. Thank you for the advice. Thank you for, for sharing your story and thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for that passion. Thank you for giving back. Thank you for, for having that desire to, to give back. Thank you for, for uh, having that group you mentioned about young men. Mm -hmm. And it, it takes courage to do that. And it takes courage to accept, you know what? I had the macho mentality and it's not, it didn't work. It's, it's not good. Not and good. I'm stepping out of that and trying to help others stereotype of what men should do. That's thank right. you. Uh, my pleasure. And thank you for allowing me a space to be vulnerable because I, I, I don't do this quite often, right? Uh, unless the person on the other end, like yourself, Dr. Adame, is, is uh, authentic, is real. It's, it's, you've got a heart bigger than, you know what I mean? I, that's when I know it's a comfortable, safe space for me to be vulnerable. And I appreciate you for that. Thank you. And then again, it's something that I know I just started a mentoring circle that I mentioned there and I say, you know what, let's stop complaining about oh, los niños no tienen esto, estos niños no quieren trabajar, estos niños this, and complain, let's just complaining and let's help them. That's it. Let's help them That's move it. forward, let's teach them, let's teach them just like your grandma. Let's yeah. be that grandma. Yes. Let's be that grandma for the younger ones. Let's be that example. Let's be blunt and let's be honest, say, hey, 85% is not gonna get you there, mijito. And, and exactly right. No, and, and for me, and, and exactly what you're saying, we, we often spend so much time, you know, Sugar coating. well that, but let's say, a, let's say a student is drowning, not, not literally, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we, we spend so much time describing the water that we don't spend time saving the child or saving the student, right? Mm -hmm. Quit. I don't want to, I don't want you to describe the water. We need to, we need to save our students. But Give we, me the solution. Give me the solution. It. We know the problem. Save, save the student. I don't need. I don't need the water described. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know? So for me, it's always just these little things that, that, and it's just common sense. Right. But, but we, but we overthink it sometimes or, or, or we don't, or, or we haven't really reflected enough to know there's not an awareness. Yeah. And you said we overthink it because I mean, you mentioned the secret sauce, right? Mm -hmm. And those people listening, I mean, secret, no, secret sauce is just, you know what? The ganas, the, the, the wanting That's to it. move forward, the grit. That's it. That's it. And querer es poder, you're wanting it. It's, it's having the will. Yes. And that's it. It's, that's there's it. no. That's the, that's the secret sauce. I'm telling you, that's the secret sauce. Every morning, every morning, every day, every time you can, every time you can reflect. It's yeah. constant, constant, constant. Todo el tiempo, all the time. Yeah. Can you say something? I know we're saying we're going to cut and we're not, but yeah. can, can you share something? Because I always say, mijito, like you can do it. You can do it. Like, it's okay. You can do it. Right. But something where in the sense of, Hey, let's just say you don't have that person pushing you. Let's just say you've never done well, but so you can start from today from scratch, like say, share something on that. You know, I think for you, you never know when that awakening is going to happen, but, but I think because it will happen, you will have an aha moment. Uh, when, when your when your mind connects with your heart, you're going to have an aha moment. So, so some of us are, are waiting and saying, well, when is that coming? What you need to be doing is focusing on your education, right? While you're going to get that aha moment, you, you continue to chip it's away at the right. stone. Yes, that's you chip right. at the stone because the only thing that's real right now for us, for our people, for our, our culture, the only thing that's real right now for for a lot of people is education, is the power oh, of yeah. learning. Yeah, that's the power of learning. The more you open your mind and the more you see possibilities, the more choices you have. And when you have more choices, when you get a lot of choices, you're gonna have an aha moment. You know why? Because you you're gonna have 15 doors to choose from. And, and that, that is liberating. That's freedom. You need to be ready. You need to be ready. But see, the choice is going to come, oh, I thought I only had one door. Now you have 15 doors to choose from. And now you can be a little bit more calculated about what you want to do. Why? Because you've earned it. You've chipped at the stone. You've, you've prepared, you've prepared, you've prepared. And when, that, and when that alignment comes, think, think of how liberating that is for somebody. The power of choice, the power of, the power of you choosing what you're going to do because it makes you happy. It's beautiful. Thank beautiful. you. Yeah. Thank you. And we end with that. Thank you so much for your time. It's my pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. I loved it. Thank you.